0: church. Good morning. good morning. Getting better at this. I'm telling you, you're talking back to me. I love it. Um, today, we're in part four of a series called Dealing with Sin, and I uh, want to just kind of make mention of something I found interesting in this series. Part of my job as a pastor is to pray for you, to feed you, to lead you, and to love you, and that's scriptural, by the way, and part of loving you is reminding you uh, of things you have done. And so I want to take a moment and just remind you of some decisions that many of you have made uh, throughout this series. And if you weren't here or haven't been here in the series, it's been incredible. Uh, Twice, we've had over 120 of you, right, almost the entire audience stand up and make two decisions. One was recognized to get rid of your sin, that you can't deal with your sin on your own. You can only put that on Christ. And then two, last week, the entire audience, if you were here almost, I felt like everyone stood and repented and turned to God from their sin, and I think that deserves a celebration and um, and, and by the way, repentance means to what to change the way you think and so um, and here 's why I, I say that is I started thinking about this this week uh, at the beginning of the year. I felt like the Lord said that a word for our church family was freedom. Do you remember that? say yes, okay, thank you for lying and uh, <laughs> Repent, okay, so um, but but the word for our church was the freedom, there'd be freedom, 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 and we did a series on Exodus. Do you remember that? Say yes, yeah, you remember that, yeah, yeah. And the journey to freedom was the subtitle, and I was kind of going back on that, looking at the Israelites who, of course, cried out to God. And uh, he set them free as they go across the river and into a land of freedom. And I started thinking about that the two steps of freedom are, the first one is to recognize your sin, that is repent, and then repent and, and turn to God. And I just started thinking about our church family and how God has said at the very beginning of the year, freedom is coming, and I just want you to know that you're on your way. So would you turn to your neighbor, tap them on the knee, and say, I'm on my way to freedom. Now say it like you mean it. You know, I'm i on my way to freedom. You yeah. <laughs> know, I'm on my way to freedom. I'm be free today. You might notice a little difference in me. I, um, my wife, my wife, my my kids play soccer, and my oldest daughter, uh, sometimes plays from fear, and I notice something about her when she plays out of fear she's you know afraid of, of messing up and her body gets really tense and and she's f- afraid to make certain moves that I know she can make and uh go through separate people and, and dribble the ball and use these skills because when she's at home she can do all kinds of skills and at a young age she's an incredible soccer player but on the game I said what do you feel she's like I don't want to mess up and so she tries to get rid of the ball as fast as possible and so I try to tell her I say listen listen I'm going to encourage you with something. I want you to start doing something. I want you to start playing from freedom. Don't play out of fear, because when you play out of fear, your body gets tight, everything gets tight, and you start getting afraid that everybody's going to blame you for a mess up, or you're going to afraid to maybe, you know, uh, that I'm going to be disappointed in you. I said, so instead, I want you to start playing free. Don't play from fear, play from freedom, because God has not given you a power, a spirit of fear is a power, love, and a sound mind. So I want you to play from freedom. Here's why I say that today. I want to preach to you today with freedom, having no fear of what you think about me or say about me. And every once in a while, I, like my daughter, start to get worried about what you think about me. So I need to step in freedom today. Are you okay with that? Because I want to step into freedom but I don't care what you think about me. I'm after one's approval. I've been telling my son who plays soccer also. We play for an audience of one. An audience of one. Amen. So can I preach to you today from the place of freedom? So if I offend you today, can you just free me up right now and say it's okay? Thank you. Okay, here we go. I'm free. I feel good. I want to begin with a few questions and I wonder if you can relate to any of these. Bear with me. It's going to take a little while because I'm curious if you've ever had these thoughts. And I've got a lot of props up here. So the message is going to be really long today. So just bear with me because you said I had freedom. Okay. So have you ever had this, this thought? Man, if I just had some more of this Man, that would be so much more. Man, you ever felt this? You'd be more free if you had one of this. Somebody lied to you, Mario. <laughs> you ever, you ever thought? Rhetorical. Man, if I had more of this, then I'd finally have more. <laughs> so, what, more of you been lied to. You don't have to fill in the blank. I, Some of you obviously have been lied to. You ever you ever don't have to answer? You ever thought, man, I really like to have a lot more of Yeah, okay. You ever had a rough day and thought, man, I could really use a drink. No. (laughs) Man, it's been one of those days I could really use a... Yeah. Man, I'd feel so much better if I just had a... Man, I would increase our intimacy if we just had a first. Come on. You don't think like that, do you? No. You ever had a thought... If I could just look, come on, come on. If I could just look, if I just had a little more, come on, a little less, come on. I know you never compare yourself to another person ever, no. I wonder if you've ever had these kinds of thoughts. How about this one, my daughter's medals. Once I accomplish this, then I'll have significance. Once I achieve that title, then I'll matter. You ever had a thought about something that has to do with your significance? When I achieve this, then I will feel. Yeah. Now this is what is called illustrations on a church budget, so. (laughs) You ever looked at someone else's life, house, garden, and thought, man, if we had their life, It'd be so much better. And if we just had a marriage that looked like theirs, why doesn't doesn't our marriage look like their marriage? Why doesn't our house, and we just had a bigger house, and if we just had, if if we just had more, then, I know none of you ever think like this at all. I'm preaching to myself today about freedom. You ever had a thought like this? I'm an adult. I can do what I want. You can't tell me what to do. This is my life. In case you didn't know, I am over 18. So I can do what I want. You ever had that thought? Where are my my 18 year olds? Right, I can do what I want. I can't wait until I turn 18 so I can do what I want. Yeah. Come on. You ever had this thought? I will never measure up to God's standards. Um, I'll never... He can't possibly love me after what I've done. I'll, I'll look at my life. You ever look at look, watch this. don't pray. Listen to how they pray. You can never pray that way. So just shut your mouth. You ever had a thought about you ever heard someone pray and you decided not to pray because you heard them pray first? Raise your hand. Come on, look at them. Man, how they pray. Just okay. No, I I don't pray too often. I'm not even sure where to start. You know. Yeah. Come on. You ever had this thought? It's a church, by the way. I don't need to get involved in church to be a Christian. I've got to get involved. I mean, they don't need me. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. No. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I know you never have these thoughts. You ever had the thought... It's better to keep it hidden because if they found out, if they really knew what I thought, it's better to stay here. You ever had that thought? Am I preaching today? Anybody? going to point this up for this next illustration. Here's why. You ever had the thought, there can't possibly be a hell. I mean, everybody goes to heaven, right? You ever had the thought, it's an invitation card. They didn't invite me because they don't like me. Everybody else gets invited, but I never get invited. They're not really my friend, or they would have invited me. You ever had the thought, this is my weight to carry. It's all on me. The house, everything is on me. Provision for this home is on me. If I don't make that sale, it's on me. If I don't accomplish that goal, if I don't reach that level, it's on me. The weight is all on me. This is a phone. You ever had the thought... I don't have to be in full-time ministry to fulfill my calling. You ever had the thought that calling was a long time ago? Too old for that now? You ever had the thought, I know I'm called to it, but I just don't think it's practical right now? You ever had thoughts like that? You ever had the thought, I will get into the sermon, I promise, bear with me. You ever had the thought, the past is too painful, no need to go there? That was a long time ago. I should be through that by now, so no need to bring it up. You ever had thoughts like this? I titled the sermon today, Satan Speaks, So Think It Through. The average person has sixty to 80,000 thoughts a day. That's about 2,500 thoughts per hour. I don't know about you, but that's a lot of thoughts. Write this in your sermon notes if you would. The things that destroy our lives the most often begin with a thought. If I just had more money, I could really use a drink right now. If I could just look this way. When I achieve that, I'll never measure up enough for God to love me. How about this one? Is everything in here actually true? I mean, it was written by a man or men. I mean, how do we really know? Everything? What about that? When Satan speaks, think it through. I want to talk to you about Satan a little bit today. Revelation 12. He's going to get a little bit of my attention because that's all he deserves, and then I'm going to move right along to the Lord. But Revelation 12, 9 and 10 reads this. The great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels are with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of the Messiah for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night. Two words I need you to understand. The first one is astray. The Greek word for astray means away from the truth. Think about like a stray animal that has no place of security. A stray dog. Away from truth. Away from security. He leads the whole world away from truth. His name, Satan, is adversary, which is one who opposes another's purposes or act. Write this into your notes. The role of Satan is to oppose God. When Satan speaks, he speaks for the purpose of leading the whole world astray, away from truth. And Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So his whole purpose is to lead you away from Jesus, which is truth. Jesus said this about the devil in John 8. He said, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I have come here from God. I have not come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Why can't you hear truth? Because you are unable to hear what I say. See, you belong to your father, the devil. Jesus says that to you. Man, you got uh, some issues, right? And he says, and and. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer, this is important, from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, come on, watch this, he speaks. He speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. When Satan speaks, he speaks lies. In other words, all his thoughts are misleading, there is no truth in him. You see this play out in Genesis chapter three in the beginning. In Genesis chapter three, it says, now the serpent, we know from Revelations 12 is Satan. The serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, he said, he said, he said, he said, he said, he said. Did you know Satan speaks? He said, he said, he said, he said. He said to the woman, did God really say? You must not eat from any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. Then he says, well, you will not certainly die. He lies. The serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. The first thing Satan does is ask a question. In other words, he presents an argument. The argument gets put on the table and the argument, the whole purpose of the argument is to get Eve to doubt God, to have unbelief in God. Write this into your notes. The nature of sin is not believing God. At its core, the whole essence or nature of sin is not believing God. Notice I did not say believing in God. The nature of sin is not believing God. It's rooted in the first sin. Don't believe him. Therefore, when we battle sin, we battle unbelief. Hebrews 3.19, the writer says this. So as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. This was referring to the Israelites in the wilderness during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors, going back to that Exodus story, tested and tried through for 40 years. They saw what I did. They saw me. They, they, they knew the truth. They could see the miracles. They saw all the things I had said on free. He says, that is why I was angry with that generation. This is the Lord. Their hearts are always going what's the word, astray, away from truth. And they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. This this land that the Lord had given them, this promised land This land of peace, this land of flowing with milk and honey, that the purposes of God that he wanted to do in their life, they would never inherit it because of their unbelief. Look what the next verse says in 319, a couple verses down. It says, so we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. The reason many Israelites died in the wilderness and never experienced God's promises was because of their unbelief. Not unbelief in God. They didn't stop believing in God. They stopped believing God. Write this into your notes. Satan doesn't care if you believe in God. He only cares if you believe God. Scripture says that even Satan believes in God. Even the demons believe in God. Many people today use the language, I believe in God. Do you believe in God? It's one of the great deceptions of Satan. Watch this. Come on, we do it all the time as Christians. Do you believe in God? I believe in God. Good. Great conversation. Glad to know you are saved. Lie. You could believe in God and be headed to hell. You can believe in his existence. It doesn't mean he's your Lord. Satan cares way more about you believing him. Do you believe? Don't don't answer. Do you believe him? No, no. In everything? Here's what he does. Did you know that Satan could put thoughts in your minds? Watch this. Yes, I'm so now. I'm yes. I did because I put in thoughts. Watch this scripture verse. Watch this. He cannot read your mind. By the way, First Kings eight says that only God knows the human heart. He's not all knowing. Satan isn't all knowing. He's not omnipresent, but he can put thoughts in your mind. Look what the scripture says in John thirteen two. We'll put two scriptures up during supper. When the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. The devil put it into the heart of Judas. The heart is the seat where the mind, the soul, and the emotions sit. It's where his thoughts are. So Satan puts a thought. I don't know how that happens, but it happens. It also happens in Acts 5. Look at this. Then Peter said in Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept... Lie. Did you see the lie? Lied to the Holy Spirit because he's the father of lies and have kept for yourself some of the money that you received for the land. And I'm not going to unpack the story of what happens, but the point is, I want you to see that Satan is able to put thoughts into your mind. Did you know that Satan and his demons know your behavior. They can't hear your thoughts, but they watch your behavior. And they know very well that we like this stuff. You know how they know that? They watch you at Publix in the line of the lottery ticket. They're like, oh, man. I know none of you play the lottery and... I was walking out of Publix yesterday, and I heard two ladies walking. they They go, if I win, yeah, then you're going to do this. But if, if you win, I literally heard this conversation. And my thought was, I really wanted to tell them, neither of you will. will. <laughs> okay, it just it's not going to happen. I mean, he knows, right? He watches our behavior that, man, we, we like to do what we I can go through the whole list again. So how do you destroy the arguments that oppose God? It's an argument. It's an argument. It's an argument. It's just putting an argument on the table. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 10. He says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. You're not in a fight, he says, in a physical war. He says, the weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, They have divine power to demolish strongholds. These are walls, walls, strongholds, walls. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God. The knowledge of God, by the way, is the truth of God. So we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself, something that sets out to prove that God is a liar. And we take captive every thought, every thought, every thought to make it obedience to Christ. Every thought, every thought, every thought, every thought. Goes on to say in 2 Corinthians eleven three, And then Paul writes, but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray. Did you know when Satan showed up, he was just trying to lead Adam and Eve astray, away from truth, with an argument? From your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone, now this is Paul's writing, for if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. Paul's whole argument and his writing to these Christians in Corinth, and he's trying to get them to help them to see that he is an apostle of God, and these other false teachers were trying to get these Christians to listen to Paul in fear of losing their power. Listen to me. His whole purpose of writing that right there was there's just some people putting some arguments on the table trying to get you to believe that the way to salvation is through obedience. Liars. So, Paul makes an argument. He says they're leading you away from truth. They want to debate God suggesting they have a better way did you notice that in Genesis 3 this is what Satan does hey hey hey! he's trying to keep something from you there's a better way this is arguments presenting arguments the only way to tear down the walls in our minds is to destroy the argument Paul says you got to tear down the argument Warren Wearsby, I love him what he said. He said, once the walls in our minds can be torn down, the doors to our heart can be opened. Paul mentions in Ephesians 6, pieces of armor, right? Did you know that four of the six relate to truth? You have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of truth. You have the belt, which is the belt of we got a whole bunch of learning to do. The belt of truth. You have the belt of truth. You have the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of truth. You have the shield of faith. See, how is that connected to truth? It's anchored in truth. Faith is connected to truth, anchored in truth. Breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation. Shoes that walk in peace. It's important, church. Faith is that protective barrier. Did you notice the shield of faith, the protective barrier between us and the schemes of Satan? When we believe God and take him at his word, we remain grounded in truth. The lies of the enemy lose their power Faith is our shield. Write this into your notes, last one. Faith is believing what God says is actually true. And then acting on that belief. Let me show you why he doesn't want you to believe God. John 10 reads this. A thief is only there to still kill and destroy and Jesus says, I have come that you may have real life, eternal life, right? More and better, says, a life, more and better life than you've ever dreamed of. An Abundant life, one translation says. Life to the fullest. I came to tell you today, the next time you get a thought that opposes God, I want you to think it through. And you get a lot of thoughts So I want to come back to my illustration. One at a time. I'm doing great on time. This is obviously a God's message because I'm right on time. This is perfect. Today, my prayer for you is you find freedom and no longer believe the lie. I don't know what lie you have been holding on to. What lie you have been believing, but today is your day of freedom. Tap your neighbor on the knee and say, today's my day of freedom. Today's my day of freedom. I uh, I can feel it coming, I'm telling you. (laughs) Man, would you tell somebody, I'm on my way to freedom? Come on. Man, church. I heard once, I don't know if it's true. No biblical truth to this but a quiet church is a dead church. You ever heard that? I heard that in a Pentecostal church. I did not hear that in a Baptist church or a Lutheran church. Or <laughs> that was at a Pentecostal conference. That was, they don't say that at Lutheran churches. Um, <laughs> uh, and I think he wants to set you free today. Come on, watch the thought you got it's your money you earn it they don't need it you don't have to give 10% where where is that let me prove it see it's a gray area I'm broken, I'm for real. I'm serious, I'm broken. I'm not lying. Because some of you believe that freaking lie. Jesus said, everything in the world is mine. Everything in the world is mine. It all belongs to me. The lie, I've got to hold on to it. Never know what can happen. Who is your provider? Seek me first in the kingdom of righteousness and everything you need will be given to you. You've got to tear down the lie. Okay, start small. Okay, you start, start, start being generous in a small. way. You don't have to go fully out there. So many of you have bought that lie. The day it ends. You repented last week in case you forgot. You said you repented. Change the way you think by the renewing of the mind, the word of God. Today is the day I give exceedingly and abundantly more. I give to the Lord today because it's all His. I start with the question, how much do you want me to keep? Not how much do you want me to give? Come on. Oh, I can see the freedom right now, oh man. <laughs> I know. <sighs> come on, church. This is not a sermon just about money, but for some of you, you financially struggle and worry about this stuff. When God says, just start putting this into my, I'm the, come on, put it to me. Trust me. go next. Anybody? No, you don't have to raise your hand. I know that freed somebody. I believe it. I know it. I, this is not a solution. So many people say, man, I just need a little bit of It's one of those days, you know, just a little bit. You know? You ever put the thought? Come on, some of you believe in this lie. This is what helps me de-stress. Just helps me stress a little bit. Listen, it's just a few. Jesus said, don't get drunk on wine, get filled with the Spirit. You want to de-stress? Jesus said, cast your worry and anxiety on me, for I care for you. Don't, be, don't believe the lie. Some of you are wondering, um, are you going to do anything with that after the sermon? <laughs> <laughs> I will not give it to you if that is how you approach me. Come on. There's no humor in this, but there's some truth in this. I know I'm preaching this to somebody today. If you just get a little more, a little bigger. Come on. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. And you know it. It's a lie. You say, Ricky, how do I tear that down? I've been leaving this lie a lot of time. You know how you believe it? Ready? The word of God. I'm about to tear that wall down for you. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. Jesus said, there is no flaw in you. I made you perfectly just the way I wanted to. I did not have a bad day when I painted your body. If I could just look more like her, if I could just look more like him, your significance will never be in your appearance. Jesus said, I do not look at the outward of the man. I look at the, come on, church. I look at the heart. I don't judge by outer appearance like people do. I look at the heart. Who lied to you? The financial means of this home, going back to money, all the financial pressures on me. Who lied to you? I know you've been buying a lie you think the weight of your provision and your finances in your home is on you liar who is your provider who makes the sun and the rain the moon who makes the earth rotate not your boss not your dollar amount You think you're fully responsible for your retirement plan? You are not God. The weight is not all on you. Jesus says, my yoke is, come on, church, do you know it? Easy. My burden is life. The fact that you don't know this tells me many of you are in captivity and been held by a liar. And today is the day of freedom. This is not your weight to carry. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Man, so much heaviness. So many people carry Is not dead. Philippians 1:6. Do you know it? He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. The calling that God put on my life is not dead. If he called me to it, you know this preacher line. He will get me through it. You know, preach your lines better than you do scripture. Okay, let's get moving on. Whatever works, amen. If he calls me to it, he'll get me through it. He provides. If he calls me to it, he will get me through it. This is the life of so many people blind. I don't have to be in full time ministry. I don't have to fully dive in to fulfill my calling. That's because Satan just wants you to keep walking with your toes in the sand because he knows that when you fully immerse into the calling, watch out, hell. Some of you have been called into full-time ministry and you're scared of it. And you should be. No, no, you shouldn't be. Listen, (laughs) it's just humorous today, but there's truth in what I'm saying to you. So listen to the truth. You've been called, but you're scared of it. Tear down the stronghold. How? Not true. Step into the calling. Step into what God's calling you to do. Trust him and his provision. He will see it through. He is faithful to finish what he starts. Amen? You will never measure up to God's standards enough for him to love you. Did you hear the lie? You'll never measure up to God's standards. True. True. Oh, wait a second, that's a lie. See, Some of you were like, yeah, see, yeah, see. That's a lie. Come on, what does the scripture say? Come on, Romans 5. Come on, we just talked about it. You repented. Come on. I'll fall short of the glory of God, amen. Come on, what is it, church? Come on, think about it, ready? He who had no sin became sin. And I am the What? Come on, we talk, there was, come on. I told you to tell your neighbor last week. Did you already forget? It's been seven days. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am holy. Because of what Christ has done in my life. Right? Because of what Christ did on the cross, I am the righteousness of God. It may be true that I'll never measure up to standards. Oh, wait a minute. I do measure up to his standards because of the cross. Achievement. Some of you have been looking to dad, looking to somebody, a significant other, a, somebody in your life, trying to achieve, 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 and finally, he will finally say he's proud of me. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't live for an audience of a man. I live for an audience of one. What's What's another scripture that you could go to the argument with? When you accomplish this, then you'll finally feel more like a liar. God showed up on the scene of Jesus' baptism and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And he hadn't accomplished a part of his three-year ministry that we know about. Before the ministry even was fulfilled, before the cross was completed, before the resurrection occurred, the Father in heaven said, I am well pleased in you. You don't have to accomplish another thing to seek to get my approval. I could care less about your achievements. I care more about who you are. Anybody free? Okay, you're on your way. Just You're on your way. You're on your way. Not everybody, right? I mean, there's no way that everybody goes. To, there's Come on. Is there really a such a thing as hell? Doesn't everybody go? What does Jesus say? I'm the way. I'm the way. I am the way. I am the way. No one comes to the Father but through me. No one comes to the Father but through me. set somebody free. I know it. If I do all these illustrations and none of you get free, me and God are going to have a conversation. <laughs> Look, man, it's better to keep it hidden. It's just, if they really knew what I thought, so just keep it hidden. What does Jesus say? Come out of the darkness and into the light. There is freedom there. One of the greatest ways that we connect as humans is through weaknesses. When somebody else tells you, me too, oh, all of a sudden, there's a connection. And Satan will do all he can to put a thought in your mind that says, if they really knew, so sh-. Liar. liar. And if we could just finally land that house, our marriage will be finally, man, if we could just get a house like, if we just had a yard like, I've talked about my issues with other people's yards, you know, it's a temptation for me. If we could just get a house like, come on, some of you are so convinced that as you make your more house more beautiful inside somehow the more beautiful it is the better looking it is the more peace you'll have liar 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 just more stuff you have to clean come on somebody amen <laughs> liar more debt liar liar A lie your peace Jesus says is in me it'll never be found in this and yet so many of us spend so many hours so many days so many weeks trying to get more of this liar when Satan speaks what's the title think it through Not every single thing he says is true. Can't possibly be true. That's a gray area. You ever notice over the years and years and years and years, there's becoming a lot more gray areas? Everything becomes a gray area. It's just the AC, I know. It's not Jesus. I'm mean, <laughs> Listen, you ever notice more and more gray areas? Now we're in a gray area of male and female. Gray area of marriage. What used to be clear is now hazy. Giving to a local church, it's a gray area. Telling them about the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's a, you know, teach their own. It's not my responsibility to build the kingdom of God, it's the church's. The church should do more. Like just, man, what does Jesus say? My word is true. The truth will set you free. This is where life is found. This is where hope is found. These words are true. Don't believe a man, believe me, Jesus says. There is no lie in me. This is all true. This is all God breathed. This is usable and able for correcting and teaching and exhorting and growing. Amen. All scripture is God-breathed. Every part of it. You're right. You don't have to be a Christian or to go to church but Christians can't wait to show up to church. Did you hear the lie? You don't have to be saved. You don't have to go to church to be saved. True. But because I'm saved, I can't wait to celebrate with my brothers and sisters. It's, it's deception. It's an argument. You ever seen The Devil's Advocate with Al Pacino? I highly don't recommend it, okay? I highly recommend it, and I don't recommend it. it I watched it years ago, 1997, Al Pacino plays Satan. Man. Powerful film from how it reveals Satan. And he does it through a lawyer, Keanu Reeves. You know it's an Oscar winning award when Keanu Reeves has won it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the whole play is to present argument. He plays a lawyer who could just present an argument. It is Satan's way of getting into your thought, is just to present a well-sounding argument, but make no mistake about it, on it has no truth. It sounds right, but it's no truth. When Satan speaks, think it through. Too much pain, no reason to bring that up, that was a long time ago. Liar. Confess, to one another so you can be healed James said right confess to one another so you can be healed not saved healed when Satan knows you're saved he'll just try to keep you from being healed so keep the pain down Don't bring it up. Don't recall that thing because there's freedom there. So I just want the pain to stay there. I know you're saved. Now you belong to Christ. There's no thing that can separate you from the love of God. You're headed to heaven so I'll just keep you in captivity. Keep the pain inside in order to keep you from healing and walking in the life that Jesus has for you. Confess your sins to one another so you may be healed. So, on your notes at the very bottom. If you're ready to confess a lie you have been believing, here's what I want you to do. You can just say this. Jesus, I confess I have been deceived by believing, and then you put in the lie. Thank you, Father, for your forgiveness. And I choose today to believe you, Jesus, and your word, because you are truth, and in you there is no lie. All right. My time is definitely up. But before we go, I want to give you an opportunity right now to be free. So, if there is a lie you have been holding on to and any one of these that I've talked about today I'm going to ask you right now to stand to your feet close your eyes confess it tell them and then replace it with truth. Jesus, I confess, I've been deceived by believing. Thank you, Father, for your forgiveness. I choose today to believe you, Jesus and your word because you are truth and in you there is no lie anybody feel a little more free let's do it again you just tell them repeat after me Jesus I confess I have been deceived by believing now fill in the lie if I had more money Lord I've been believing that Andrew's gonna get you up here. If I had more money, I get you to believe that. If I just had more money, Lord, I'm sorry, it's not true. Every dollar I have is yours. I've been believing the lie, Lord. If I could just have a drink, and help me de-stress. That's a lie, Lord. My peace is found in my closet with you, Jesus. It's not true. If I just looked this way, if I had just come on, this is so true. If I just looked like her if I had more of and I'd finally feel you are beautifully wonderfully made the strongholds are coming down in Jesus name you're nothing unless you achieve blank that's not true you are a son and a daughter of a living God you don't have to achieve a thing to be entered into his presence and you are an heir of a king who owns all things He will be pleased with you because of who you are and not what you have accomplished. It doesn't regardless the size of your home, how many homes, it doesn't matter. If, what, if we just had what they had. No. In Christ, you have all you need. Paul wrote that joy is found in contentment. to show up to church every Sunday? True. But half truth. You just tell them, I can't wait to hear the word of God, to celebrate with my brothers and sisters, what God is doing in my life. The Lord created, I don't know if you know this, but this is a lie. I want you to think about this the whole church thing. Listen to me, listen to me. This is a lie. The church is the bride of Christ and God loves to hang out with His bride. He doesn't divorce her, but he loves her. You will never measure up, right, until I look at the cross. Then I become the righteousness of God. It is not too late to fulfill the calling that God has on your life. He is faithful to finish what he starts. You're right. Listen to me. Do what you want. No, I don't do what I want because that makes me king of my life. I'm not Lord of my life. Jesus is Lord of my life. His ways are better than my ways not everyone goes to heaven Jesus said I am the way, the truth and the life and to him there is no other way everything in the word of God can be trusted, every word in the word of God can be trusted no one likes you liar, I know one that does and he loves me no one likes you, no one likes you no one likes you liar, I know one that does all the weight's on me. Liar. Jesus says, pass it over to me. Look at your sin. Look at your filth. Jesus says, look at the cross. 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 cross. Don't look at your sin. Look at the cross. Look what I did. Your past is too painful. My grace is sufficient. Jesus, thank you, Lord. When Satan speaks, think it through, church. Think it through. Father, we love you. If today you're a little more free than when you came in, would you just lift your hands a testimony church that's all it is lift your hands high it's a if that's you if the man today i'm a little more free i'm a little more free today i'm a little more free today the bible says that you overcome these powers and strongholds by the word of your testimony everybody keep your hands up and open your eyes and look around come on church this is a free church so you don't walk out of here the same way you came in with your hands in your pocket couldn't move your lips to sing and praise God couldn't shout to praise Him now you're free in Jesus name so shout to Him and say Lord you've set me free today come on come on church don't walk out of here the same way you came in you gotta stomp on them come on stomp on somebody I know it's getting weird in Pentecostal but stomp on them I believe in truth today. Amen. I'm not captive by the lies. We don't follow feelings. We follow faith. That's why it doesn't matter how I feel. I'm not trying to put a feeling in you. I'm saying walk out of here in faith believing everything God says is true. Amen. I told you I was going to preach a little more freely today, and I've gone way, way over my time. And I don't care. I care about your freedom. You walk out of here free, knowing that Christ has set you free, and He loves you, and nothing, nothing can separate you from His love. Amen. If you need prayer, we'll be down front. I cannot wait to see you till next week. You need prayer, if you need anything at all, we are here for you. I love you. I mean that. God bless you. Have a great week. Take care.